0: You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real training. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com to find out more info about PCLV and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Smile, everybody. It's going to be all right. Amen. All right. It, it was it radical. You got the radical eyes going like. <laughs> That's how I was looking at the TV when my coach was getting the brakes beat off of them by the Rams. I was like, I think I might have had to repent. I thought I almost cussed. Amen. I didn't cuss, though. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, I'm just glad. <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I think I need to fast right now, amen? <laughs> but uh, God is good, church, isn't he? Let's just give God some praise for, for just how awesome God is. And, and I you know, I, I can just say it's, it's good to be able to laugh. We, we're in a time right now where it seems like all you have to do is turn on the TV and all you hear is trauma. Um, but I just thank God that, that there's still joy uh, and there's just joy in the world and, and there's joy in being in, around your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I certainly don't take that for granted. And my prayer is that you don't as well. Amen. Amen. You know, just, I'd like to give honor to God who is the author and finisher of my faith, uh, to, uh, my, my pastors, my spiritual parents, my spiritual papa and mama, uh, pastor Art and pastor Maria. They're awesome. I, I shout them out every time I get a chance because, uh, when I first came here, you know, uh, I wasn't expecting, uh, to meet them. And, uh, I always tell the testimony of when I first came to Praise Chapel, I, uh, I was going to run out and, uh, brother Fino came back he he saw me, said, Hey brother, come back. And I came back and he said, you know, why don't you go to this, uh, this men's conference? It was called man up conference was called man up and it was in Henderson. Right. And that's exactly what we did. We manned up that weekend. But, but I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, I was, giving my testimony of how I was new to the area. And so I all these pastors were coming at me like, like they were selling stocks and bonds. They they had business cards and all these things. And they were like, brother, why don't you come to, to, you know, to my church and we'll go to lunch and we'll take you here and this, that, and the other. But, you know, Pastor Art, you know, he, he sat back did the same thing. And towards the end of the conference, he said, you know, brother, no matter where you go, just make sure the Lord leads you. And let me tell you, as soon as he said that, the Holy Spirit said, that's where you need to be. And I'm and it seemed like within a couple of months' time, God began to move over my life. when I got here, I was broken. Uh, many of you who know me know that but uh but I thank God for parents spiritual parents who who teach and preach the Word of God, who teach holiness and preach holiness. I know that holiness is not a a popular thing to preach anymore, but God demands that we are still holy church. Come on, give God some praise I want to give honor to my wife uh, who is uh who is at work right now? And uh, my my daughter, um, she is at home with my sister in law. She is uh, being nice enough to watch her. She she's leaving tomorrow morning early, so she's getting her stuff together. And she's been a blessing while she's been here. And uh, you know, I, I I'm just falling more and more in love with my with my daughter. You know, and I'm gonna tell you, they they put some Green Bay Packer clothes on her. You know, the Bible speaks of false prophets. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, she did look real cute in it, though. I was like, I sent Pastor that text, I was, and I sent it by attachment. I said, "The devil is a liar." You see this stuff they got on her, you know. And and it's you know like I, my wife is from Green Bay, so she is from the belly of the beast. I've been to Lambeau Field like three or four times, amen. And and uh, I, I honestly, and I would never tell this to her or her family, but for all, for those of you that ever want to go see a football game, it's nothing like you've ever seen before, Lambeau Field. In Green Bay, Wisconsin. It is something to behold. Um but I always have a good time. But it's it's all in good fun. But we always laugh and Angelique always says it doesn't matter what you say about the Packers, she's gonna be a Raiders fan anyway. <laughs> but yeah, well, okay. <laughs> well let's get on into the word. I don't wanna talk about that no more. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I wanna just I just wanna say one thing before we get into the word. Um, and it, it's and what I have to say is relate is relating to what I'll preach about tonight. I just um want to reiterate what pastor was talking about, about praying for our nation. Um, and specifically, I, I'm asking that that we lift up uh, those that are being affected by some of the decisions around DACA. Um, and so I'm, I'm asking for this for a specific reason. I have uh, some of our young people at the high school that I'm at have come to me. Some of them have come to me crying um, and saying that they don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, the Bible uh, speaks of us, uh, or that the Bible suggests that we're supposed to honor the, the laws of the land. Um, but God is a God of justice and order. And his justice and order doesn't look like man's justice and order. And so I just want to reiterate that, that we need to pray for our nation. Uh, Pastor Art is absolutely right. We want to pray for our president, regardless of what side of the aisle that we voted on. Um, it is imperative we are called to pray for our leadership. Um, and so the Old Testament prophets, that's what they did. They may not have necessarily agreed with what went on, but they, they, they constantly uh, were in connection with God about what was going on in society. And so we have to be that way. We don't have to necessarily give ourselves over to those things because we are not of the world, okay? We, we are in the world, but we are not of the world, amen? And so we just want to remember that. So just keep those young people in prayer because many of them want to go to college. Many of them want to get a trade. Many of them want to go to the military, and they are not able to do that, or they things are seemingly so where it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to do that. And um, and these are like my children. Um, and so when I see them coming to me crying, bawling, like I'm not going to get to go to college after all these years, that hurts me. Um, but God is sovereign, church, isn't he? Come on, give God some praise. Let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. I, I God has been dealing with me. On on me and uh, and I think I suspect when uh, we have a word, that's where it normally starts with us, um, and I believe that's what God is doing. And I'm I'm going through a transitional period in my life because with a with a daughter and and being married for just over a year and and all of these things, you know, I woke up one morning and the other day and said, you know what, it ain't about me no more. <laughs> I'm struggling with that a little bit. <laughs> You know, daughters in the back, I can hear on the baby monitor, <laughs> you know, like it's three in the morning. I'm like, Lord, get a Jesus, <laughs> put her to bed, Lord. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thankful because many of you remembered that I prayed for this thing, right? And so um, I did. So, you know, you wanted it, voila, you got it. And so, but I'm grateful, you know, and, but God is, is challenging to me and, and, and I desire to be the priest of my home. Um, But that doesn't come without work and responsibility, amen? And so uh, I, you know, I suspect that this this word that God has tonight is uh, not only uh, for the house, but for me most of all, amen? And uh, our scripture is going to come out of Psalm 31 through 5. That's Psalm 31 through 5. Let me give you a minute. I'm going to grab my water. That's Psalm 31 through 5. When you get there, just say amen. God is good, church, isn't he? All the time. That's Psalm 31 through 5. And it reads as such. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, called you for help. Somebody say help. And you healed me, you Lord, from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. His anger lasts only a moment, thank God, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, uh, but cometh in the morning. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, all that we are is because of it. We thank you. We bless you for being alive. No matter what is going on outside, you are still sovereign. You are still sitting on the throne. We thank you for who you are. And God, we ask in this change that would be circumcised. God, you are the potter. We are the clay. We'll get out of your way work. Number of all, let there be less of me more of you. And we ask this in mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Give praise. Which I just got to tonight. There's joy in praise. There's show and in praise, preachers, but something I have to readily keep performing, because as Pastor Art says tonight, uh, oftentimes we can get uh, distracted in things of the world, and so uh, one thing that can bring us back, those things that we're talking about, is praise, just like we were brought back tonight. Uh, sometimes we have to be brought to the beginning, as that song says, but in the beginning, we learned how to do what? To praise, church. Um, and, you know, I, I can't help but say this, but, you know, church, I believe that we are living in a time of excess. And it seems that the more things that are given to us, amen, the more it appears that we continue to ask for a surplus of things. It seems like we want more and more. And uh, yeah, and as the old saying goes, enough never seems to be enough. Yeah, see, what you have to understand is, uh, uh, I believe that this behavior that we see of enough never being enough has become the identity of our society. Uh, Especially here in America, where the new message seems to be loud and clear every day. To have more means that you belong, right? And that you have acquired some measure of success when you have more. Isn't it seem like that all the time? Yeah, you know, one of the things that's interesting is you get a new iPhone last year, you want one this year. Yeah, you see? It doesn't matter that it's $1,000 and that the parts used for that phone came from some poor developing nation. Amen. Uh, We will wait in line uh, for that very $1,000 phone that was developed in a developing nation because enough never seems to be enough. Uh, God blessed you with a new car two years ago. And now all of a sudden, you're at the lot looking for a new one. Come on, somebody. Uh, Yeah, see, we begin to create lame excuses as to why we need a new vehicle, even though our car is in tip-top shape. God blessed us with a new Camry. We want a new Maserati a year later. Amen. Uh, Here, this is my favorite, though. Or we pray to have a new job, watch this, and God blesses us with that job. But six months later, we start to hate that job, and then we begin to blame God for the very job that he blessed us with. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, church, enough never seems to be enough. Uh, Yeah, see, what you have to understand is I believe that the same thing applies in how we approach the things of God. Uh, Yeah, see, and many times in our faith walk, we treat God as if he is a concierge. Yeah, we treat him as if he's a bellhop, right? Just like he's down at one of the hotels. We want to rub the side of a lamp, right? Uh, And have God appear and grant us our every wish as if he has some type of genie hat on. Yeah, but see, this is what you have to understand. In doing that, then what you're saying is enough is not enough. Uh, Yeah, see, but I have a few questions tonight. When is the last time we took an inventory of all the things that God has done for us over the course of this year? I'll wait. When was the last time we said in our prayers, God, I don't need anything. I just simply want to say thank you. Oh, it then got quiet. Uh Uh-oh. When was the last time we stopped ourselves from going into our needs before we let God know how grateful and how gratified we are to simply be in his presence. Church, enough never seems to be enough. Oh, God, but I thank God, church, that in spite of this, he doesn't judge us according to how we act. Even though we deserve judgment, he said, I'm going to step in and give you grace, even when you don't deserve it. I'm grateful that his expectations aren't as unreasonable as ours. See, what you have to understand, we ought to give God praise for this simple reason and simple reason alone, that even in the midst of all of our drama, even in the midst of all of our sin, even in the midst of all of our turmoil, he still looks upon us with what? With grace, church. Come on, give God some praise if you believe it. Yeah, see, now when you look at the text, we see that that David had a basically experienced a breakthrough, or what would be a breakthrough. You know, history tells us that David, a man, uh, may have written this psalm when he dedicated Aruna's threshing floor, uh, which would become the future site of a temple. Uh, Now, during this particular time, what you have to understand is that David had had done some things. He had disobeyed God uh, and faced judgment. And how many understand that David had issues, too? He was not a perfect man. Uh, David. David had many, many issues. Uh, David was truly a man after God's own heart. Yet he was full of sin, just like many times we are. But here's the one thing that, da- that uh, about David that separates him from so many people like in the world like us. David knew how to worship church. He knew how to worship church. The Book of Psalms represented an account. Get this. You don't get anything else. It represented an account. Of how David truly felt about God. And that's something. He was so descriptive and so authentic in his praise. Don't you want to be authentic in your praise? That I believe God honored his kingship because of it. He was chosen by God, listen, in his father's house, the house of Jesse. Yet I believe, and this is the thing, Pastor, I believe that he was able to maintain his kingdom because David knew how to worship the Father. He worship above all else, even in the midst of all of this stuff. And see, here's the thing. Church, God's lifted, lifted us up out of the depths, and yet many of us, many of us, not all of us, but many of us, have not yet learned to consistently worship. Now, get this. The Bible declares in 30, uh, Psalm 30 and 1 that I will exalt you, Lord. Simply says that. I will exalt you, Lord. Church, in order to experience joy, we have to exalt him. We have to exalt him. And see, the thing is, many times if we would just recognize that he is, we could just say that he is, just recognize that he is the great I am, our situation would what? It would be healed, just like it says in the text. But the problem is many of us don't worship. When is the last time you worshiped? I'm not talking about in front of everybody. I'm talking about when nobody is watching. Yeah, see? (laughs) Come on. You see, to exalt means to hold in high esteem, right? It means to put that which we love above all things that are common. Our jobs, our money, our homes are common. Those are common things. But when we exalt God, we recognize that those things are just temporary, but our relationship is eternal. That's what what matters. Your soul is eternal, not those things. When we exalt God, watch this, we show that we are committed to him that we are in relationship with him. And how many of us understand, amen, uh, that the staying power in our Christian walk is not necessarily about what we have or what we can do. It's about how we exalt him, church. My God, don't you know you have to exalt him tonight? Listen, We were made to exalt him. We weren't made to make a million dollars. We weren't made to go out and necessarily do a whole bunch of stuff. We were made above all else to exalt him. Now, if you get those things in the process, then you know what? To God be the glory. But above all things, you have to exalt him, church. Listen, listen, uh, we were made. David was a good man, but he was flawed. Like I said, he was a fragile individual. Don't you know that man is fragile? We're fragile. We'll walk right out of here. Somebody will make us mad enough, we'll cut some stone out. Oh, I know. Okay. I know that don't apply to nobody in here. Everybody, okay. Yeah. But see, here's the thing about David. David, this is what made God angry. He took a census of his people, the army, which angered the Lord. He had become arrogant. You ever become arrogant? Something happened? You stop looking to God? That's a form of arrogance. When you stop looking to God, you start looking on your situation and how you can handle it. It's not predicated on what you can do, but what God wants to do through you, church. Come on. Yeah, see, David committed adultery. He put Uriah in harm's way. David admittedly operated in deception. Have you ever operated in deception? He was a man that was often full of these things, and yet somehow he knew that he had to exalt the Lord. And I know this. I've come to recognize. This is this is just me. I've come to recognize that having a repentant heart, Pastor Art, is not just about saying I'm sorry. It's not just about saying I'm sorry anymore. You see, people can modify their behavior. They do it all the time. You modify your behavior on your job. You don't show them who you really are. You don't show them that you talk about everybody. People don't show them that they drink a case of beer 12 hours before they went back to work. Okay. All right. I'm going to need the National Guard to get me out of here tonight. But people mod- modify their behavior all the time. They do it every day. All of us have been guilty of doing it. We all do it. But watch this. True transformation, church, appears when we come to the realization our worship or how we exalt God is how we really move them. That's when true transformation happens. Not anything else. Praise Chapel. True joy can be found when we exalt it. That's when true joy comes about. And for many of us, I'm not talking about everybody, but for some of us that's been through something, that have been through some things, we never knew what it was to be happy until we came into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on. And he touched us. I always laugh because I had a brother that, uh, that I came in with that I that I got saved with. And, uh, and he got hands laid on him and, and he had a, he had a God moment right there for everybody. And the pastor said, what did God do for you? And he said it just like this, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. He said, he touched me. And it, it was it, people, you know, like we laugh about it, but like, this is a guy that didn't act like that. You know, he acted, you know, very macho machismo, but God had a way of breaking him down. And see, that's what happens when you really get in his presence. He'll break all that down. See, and that's the problem. Many of us are trying to keep that exterior up, and God wants to just peel those layers back because he's got use of you. Okay. All right. (laughs) We didn't know what it was like to be happy until we came into the knowledge of who he was. And I believe the majority of us in here, just like David, have been through some hellacious moments. Wouldn't you agree? The text shows us this in verse 2. It says, Lord, my God, I've called to you for help, and you healed me. Have you called on him lately, church? When's the last time you really called on him? Huh? Our healing and breakthrough is not predicated on how much money we have or how much access to resources we have and how many times we believe we come in here and show our faces in the church. It's not about that. Our healing is contingent upon our willingness to exalt him, church. That's all it is. And that takes me to my second thing. I'm not going to preach long. Uh, See, if we want to be whole again, if we truly want to be transformed and restored, you know what we have to do? We have to come out with our hands up. I'm going to tell you something. I know for many of us that just saw that, something triggered in you like, oh, Lord, that took me back about five years or ten years to where I was. You know, when you put those hands up, you know, For some of us, we've, that, that's been a real life situation. I know I can speak on that. You know, when I was about 20 years old, something had happened. I'll never forget. It. it was like yesterday. Um, I was, uh, I was out, uh, at the store and, and, you know, I was wild doing a whole bunch of stuff, but on this night, for some reason, I just you know, like, I'm just going to go to the store, get a, a juice and come back home. Now, as I'm driving back home, I noticed that there are like 20 cop cars outside of my house. So I'm like, what in the So like any good criminal, immediately I dipped into like, you know, a little de sac and was like, what's going on? But what I didn't know, and I hadn't done anything, but what I didn't know was that my buddy that lived with me had gotten in a fight down the street and he got whooped. He got whooped by this guy, got mad, my buddy pulled out a gun and put it on and, and put it on the guy and, and put the gun on the on on him and his family and so what he ended up doing was the the people naturally like good common sense called the what the police so that's fast forward that's why i see 20 cop cars outside of my house now he's now my buddy's not at my house so i dip around the corner like what is going on you know and i like i parked my car two streets over and i ran over but i was i was kneeling down behind the house and i was doing like this and as I was rounding, what I didn't see was that this old lady had saw me behind the house and was like summoning the police to come get me. Yeah, she snitched. She did snitch. But, but no, it's the truth. This is exactly what she did. And so I didn't, but all I heard next thing I know about two, like maybe 20 seconds later was don't move. And I heard a click and it was the police. And they said, you know what they said? They said, don't move or I'm going to blow your head off. And you know what all I could do? All I could do is put those hands up and see just like that. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, and I was, it was in the dark too. That was another thing in the darkness. I couldn't get around. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't see what was going on. And that's just like us in the spirit world. So many times we can't, we don't know what's going on. We can't see anything, but if we would just put our hands up, salvation would come church. Come on, give God some praise. Listen, I take that story with me. Because so many of us are struggling in our faith walk, and we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. But all God is requiring is that you come out with your hands up. When you do that, let me tell you something. When you do that, when you truly, truly do that, you know what you're doing? You're surrendering. Let me tell you something. David had to surrender. He had to surrender. Not to the armies necessarily that was that was trying to defeat him, but to the master. That's who he had to surrender to. And the text says in verse 3, you, Lord, watch this, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. He spared us from going down to the pit. We have to surrender, church. Our praise is often a life-saving event in our lives. Just like that life-saving event, had I not put my hands up, the going to shoot me. But because I surrendered, I'm alive today. And many of us wouldn't be here if we wouldn't have, what, surrendered. That's all it is. And somehow, some way, we lose the true message of what it means to serve God. When really, one of the core fundamentals is to do what? Surrender. (laughs) Come on. Give God some praise. Listen. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, you see, David should have faced the dark pit but but because he knew how to praise church god restored him <laughs> yeah and that's what and that's why the bible says i will bless the lord what at all times his praise not the world's praise not even yours his praise shall continually be where in my mouth because if it's not how can i how can i truly live my life is in jeopardy if I have no connection to the Savior. Come on, give God some praise. Listen, I'm not going to preach. I promise I'm not going to preach long. His praise is how we survive, church. It's how we survive the pitfalls of life, just like David. His praise is a lamp. It is truly a lamp that brings us out of darkness. I know it saved my life. Can anybody testify that it saved theirs? Yeah, see, and for many of us, if we would just praise, all the death that is trying to consume us would dry up. You know, there's a there's a saying where I come come from: closed mouths don't get fed. That's what that's what we say in the hood: closed mouths don't get fed. But yeah, pretty much. You keep that mouth closed, and you don't praise got to make a declaration church. We're in that season now where the world is is nothing but chaos. We have to have a connection with the Savior. And you know the thing is God just wants to be in relationship with us. He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to strip us. He just wants to be in relationship with us. But so many people they believe that if they truly surrender that they're going to lose joy. But let me tell you something. And this is this is so this is something that I I constantly think about. I could never figure out why people who had millions upon millions of dollars and billions of dollars would one day wake up and want to end their life. I think about Robin Williams, made millions of dollars. People loved him. And he decided one day to end his life because he was miserable. But you know why? His comedy, his money, his access to resources. Couldn't save them. True joy doesn't come through those things. It comes through knowing who God is. And we need to get back to that, church. I'm telling you, <laughs> the world is riddled with chaos, like I said. Our praise is how we're going to survive. Now I have a question. If this building was no more and it went away and we had to worship in the parking lot, would it change the way you praise? If you lost everything, everything you owned, you know there are people around the world that lose everything all the time because either it's taken by someone, some weather event. But ask yourself, have they lost their praise? Have you lost your praise? (laughs) Church, the text says in verse 4, sing the praises of the Lord. You, talking about us, you, his faithful people, Praise his holy name. You see, this is the thing about modern day Christianity, and and I'm not being pious. I don't think I'm better than nobody, you know, but I'm just learning this just through my own faith walk, that many Christians believe that if they show up and just show up to church, God takes score. (laughs) They actually believe that. They actually believe that if I just go every day, fake it till you make it. Haven't you heard that? What kind of? What kind of godly counsel is that? That's not godly counsel. I'm not saying don't keep coming in the midst of your struggle, but fake it till you make it? Why come? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's not how the, that, let me tell you something, church. That's not how things work over here. That's not how it works over here in the kingdom. It may work like that on your job. It may work like that over Circus Circus, or wherever you go. <laughs> but it don't work like that over here in the kingdom there's a difference between being consistent and being faithful. There's a difference between being consistent and being faithful. To be consistent means to be stable. Now, those are good things, right? But get this. People who claim to be stable can become unstable by the cares of life. They lose everything. They become unstable. Let somebody key your car outside. Let's see how stable you'll be. Are oh, you going to say, oh, I bless the Lord. He No, you're not. Some of y'all are just two or three. Some of us are just two or three years removed from the hood. Like, and then we take the hood with it. So if somebody touched your stuff, let's just see how much praise you have in your mouth. Amen. Okay. All right. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, church. When you are faithful, you take an oath. You take an oath. You are tried and true. Church, the text shows us that when we have a spirit of praise, amen, we show God that we are in covenant with him. Is anybody in covenant with God tonight? Or is it just lip service? (laughs) Yeah, see? (laughs) You know, one of the things that that stands out to me when I think about that that statement is um, every now and again when I go on YouTube, uh, I watch this video, and it's so powerful to me. Um, how many of you remember when the tornado swept through Joplin, Missouri? Um, it was back a few years ago, and it, it killed over 300 people. And this video was taken in the back of a of a supermarket, and the lights were out, and nobody could see anything, but you could hear people's voices as they were taking the, as they were had the video going. And you could hear the tornado going over the, over the supermarket. And it was literally shaking everything. Like, in, in, like if you've ever been in a tornado, I lived in the Midwest for most of my life. Like it sounds like a freight train's coming near you. That's how bad it is. And so all you could hear was people in there screaming and crying. But in the back, you heard somebody saying, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Just kept saying it. And as she began to say that, don't you know that thing lifted up off that supermarket? Listen. <laughs> and that's just like us. That when the storms become raging in our lives, if we would just praise, that thing would lift up off of us, church. Come on. Listen. You see, and this is, and this is something that we should know as believers. Storms are a part of everyday life, Josh. They just are. They're going to happen whether we want them to or not. Uh, but eventually, they end, church. They end. The text says that even in the bottom of verse 5. What does it say? Weeping may endure for a night, but what? Joy cometh in the morning. Church, listen, (laughs) Uh, that takes me to my last thing, man. Uh, When we exalt him or when we praise, joy comes. You know, David, David, King David had experienced God's anger, but because of his praise, amen, because he was willing to praise, God lifted his judgment off of him. Don't you know, don't you recognize and realize, church, and what we have to understand that that there are many times in our lives that God could have, he could have taken us out, but because we praised or somebody praised because of us and for us, that thing was blocked. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to have a praying mother. Oh my God. Don't you know there were so many times that I was out somewhere and somebody had a gun in the car. Don't you know how many times that I was drunk driving home in college? Don't you know that there were times that when I was 16 and 17 years old, I was sneaking out of the house and the cops would pull me over and they could have did anything, but because somebody was praising church, my God, don't you understand that I'm here? We're here because we praise. We're here because somebody prays for us. My God, God blocked it. I'm convinced that if we want to establish favor, peace, and joy in our lives, we have to praise. We have to exalt him, church. We have to exalt him. (laughs) It's just that simple. Our praise is the difference between a life of pain and a life of joy. Okay, the wonderful thing about God is this. This is so awesome that, that after all we've done, And even though we know he's all-powerful and all-knowing, he doesn't force us to praise. He doesn't. He'll let us go through and keep going through. And he is all-knowing and all-powerful. But he doesn't force us. Church, let me tell you something, and I'm going in my seat. When you love him, you'll praise (laughs) him. Joy is not in things. It's not in things. It's not in monetary items, it's really not. It's when you are connected to the savior. Do you love him, church? Give God some praise, I'm done. Listen, and, and worship team, you can come at, at your earliest convenience, but, but you know, that song is in my head from, the, from before, we got, uh, before I got up here, just take me back. And sometimes we need to be reminded of where we come from. You know, doesn't, I, don't, I don't care what position you have in the church. I don't care what you think you know. I don't care how anointed we think we are. At the end of the day, we were made to praise. Without praise, we would have nothing. We certainly wouldn't have God's anointing. I'm always a little suspicious. Can I tell you, just as someone who God is called to preach by grace, I'm always suspicious of people that say that they are clergy, but they don't praise God. I'm suspicious of that. Don't you know you can go to a conference, and I've been, you know, I was in a church organization where you would have all these bishops up on the stage exalting themselves, but their hands were never up.